to Kelly's Green Lounge Radio. We are a cannabis-friendly establishment. Kelly's Green Lounge Radio podcast number 11. It's been a while since I've made a podcast. I had to open up my In Real Life Lounge and um, it's been very busy. (laughs) I'm I'm sure you can imagine um, getting everything ready, the grand opening, and we have been open for just a little over a month in Orono, Ontario. It's, uh, it's quite interesting to have a real place that sort of took shape because of all of the virtual life that was breathed into it um, for this year. And um, we're at the almost one year anniversary of Kelly's Green Lounge, I guess, coming into uh, real life from my brain. Um, (laughs) I guess um, what's happened is uh, it was about a year ago where I was playing around with names, trying to decide what I wanted to do. I was still working in a corporate job and I didn't know where I was going to go. I just knew that cannabis was calling me. And a lot has happened in this past year. A lot, a lot, a lot. Um, I originally wanted to start this company and learn about cannabis because my mom is quite unwell. And I figured I could help save her life or at least improve the quality of her life with cannabis. Uh, She has since refused to even consider it. So if I can't help my mom, I can help somebody else's mom or moms or dads or whoever I can help. And it happens on a daily basis that people um, visit in real life in the lounge in Orono and we're quite uh, interactive uh, throughout the Facebook page and Instagram so it's hopping it's happening and I am so very pleased to be able to say that to you Uh, and we keep going to different expos and and workshops and different things to update us with uh, cannabis and um, I feel like I'm sort of standing on the fence of both sides. We have two different sides of cannabis. We've got the corporate world and then we've got the non-corporate world. The shiny shoes and the non-shiny shoes, I guess, is that's the way to put it. And I I've seemed to be welcomed in both sides, which is very nice. And I uh, welcome people from both sides um, when I am meeting with them and when I'm chatting with them and when they're visiting. And I really enjoy that. I love the fact that I can uh, sort of meet with people in both worlds. The most important thing to me is getting your cannabis to you. So how you are able to access it um, and by way of me sending you to a dispensary or a medical clinic or helping you get it online, that's the most important part to me is that now that we have surpassed the one year of legalization, we are at a point where everybody who wants cannabis should be able to get it. And so there's a lot of people that still have that fear uh, surrounding it, the stigma. And I I meet a lot of those people, which is really neat because um, some of them come in to see me and they say, oh, what is happening here? You're going to get so stoned and then you're going to drive your car. My response to them is, well, there's some people that use medical cannabis that can't drive a car without it. They shake so bad that they need the cannabis to be able to stop shaking so they can put their hands on the wheel. Wow. 
That's the look I get from them a lot. Wow. And they pause and they think, oh, okay, so maybe there's more to this than I know. Maybe there's more to this than I am aware of. Yes, there certainly is. There absolutely is more to cannabis than most people have heard. It's not just the Pineapple Express movies. It's not just sitting there on your couch and eating Doritos and watching stoner films. There's so much more to it. Uh, you can talk about the old Rastafarian belief where we say that, well, they say that their um, ego uh, kills all and that cannabis uh, kills the ego. And that is our natural state. The When you are under the influence ca- of cannabis is our natural state. That's what the Rastafarians believe. This medicine has been used for thousands of years in our world, on our planet, and uh we're just starting to recognize the therapeutic benefits. We haven't even figured out all of the cannabinoids yet. It's amazing. It's an incredible thing. And we'll keep doing our podcasts and we'll keep hanging out. And uh, we do our YouTube channel now. We have a YouTube channel with the how-to videos happening on there. We have our in uh, in lounge workshops and they happen almost every weekend so there's lots of stuff going on if you have not found us on our closed facebook page please go there and uh, ask to come in you only have to answer three questions to be able to do that I'm meeting wonderful people all of the time. I was at the Canadian Cannabis Awards a couple of weeks ago, and I met with a gentleman whose name is Michael. He's from a retail podcast, and he's going to be coming up later on on our podcast, on our Kelly's Green Lunch Radio podcast. Our first guest is Stacy Boback. She's got Canadent, which she's married her uh, background in dental hygiene with her new love of cannabis. She is a cannabis educator and she's doing things that not everybody is doing right now and what and that makes her different uh, from everybody else she has become my friend and um, I very much enjoy when she visits me in our real life lounge and um, she's very helpful and she's very educated and she's gonna start traveling around and doing more workshops and seminars with me at least and she's also doing a lot on her own as she does have her own company her name is Stacy, and this is our interview. I currently work as a cannabis educator, and so far I have done presentations for the dental hygiene program at Durham College colleagues, and I plan to do presentations to the students as well. And I have educated dental office staff about the implications of cannabis. And I have also worked with the Durham College program, Cannabis Industry Specialization Continuing Education Program, and I have reviewed the course content as it was uh, being developed from a student's perspective, having already taken a few of the courses in that program. That's amazing. So you actually took your background, you're a dental hygienist by trade, and you've taken your background in dental hygiene and you've infused it with your uh, expert knowledge in the cannabis industry. What's your company called? The company is called Canadent, canadent.ca. We're working on our website. It is a new company, but uh, I've been honored to have the opportunity to start a business. Yes, coming from the healthcare background, 
I went to college, I educated myself, and I started working. I've been working as a hygienist for 13 years. I was very, and still am, very passionate about that job, the people I met, and the science behind it, the evidence-based research that we perform and we educate about, and the medical stuff. So in taking the course at Durham College, I learned, uh, I was first drawn to it actually because of the medical fundamentals course. That is the beginning course that everyone has to take in that program. And then found out that I would also have the opportunity to learn about the business side, encompassing both uh, cannabis and learning a little bit about a business. And I quickly met a lot of people in that industry and found out maybe it wouldn't be so scary to start my own business that would combine both the passion for dental health and my passion for cannabis education. Because most people use their mouth to smoke or to consume cannabis <laughs> in some way, right? So when we think of that, we don't think that we need to really relate it to dental hygiene, but we absolutely do. And then we need to think about as well, cannabis really fa- affects anesthesia. And that's something that you're using in your dental profession to uh, numb the mouth or to put people out so that you can perform the dental stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little bit about that, how mm-hmm. cannabis can affect that. Sure, yeah. It's true. Four of the five most common methods of consumption do involve the mouth. And it's been really fascinating to learn how the actual ingredients in cannabis are absorbed through the mouth and how they react with the rest of the body. So um, not only do I educate about the common oral side effects of inhalation of any topic, we're all very well versed on tobacco cessation and what to look for in a dental patient who has been smoking anything. So why not easily transition that into the legal cannabis world where people are now uh, and hopefully are being asked at your dental office, do you inhale smoke regularly? Do you consume cannabis? Is it medically? Is it recreationally? Perhaps if it is only recreationally, as more people are getting into that world now, um, you aren't or you haven't had the opportunity to be as educated about the oral side effects because you weren't a tobacco smoker in the past and you're now uh, going to inhale to get the benefits from cannabis. We just want you to be aware and have all the information to make that informed decision. And it's also, we should also note that it's really important that people are open and honest about their cannabis use when they're coming, um, whether they're uh, going for a medical checkup or going for surgery or going to the dentist because cannabis will affect you when you have the anesthesia. It may, yes. As you touched on that before, there is a study proving that under general anesthesia, anesthesia, you do need uh, a higher dose in order to have, if you're having surgery or going under that type of uh, anesthesia. So um, with more research, we will learn that uh, there are potential effects of combining the two drugs, the cannabis and the local anesthetic, when you're going in for something as simple as a freezing. And if you didn't tell you the dentist about that, he may be concerned about your racing heart or your low blood pressure or your heightened anxiety. You know, some people have those effects that could also be brought on by coming to the dental office, by coming and having this needle put in your mouth. And again, on the opposite side of that, which I'm trying to educate dental professionals about, is that cannabis does have medicinal properties that people will want to use it before their appointments and are prescribed or have a medical document to be using it to help with that exact anxiety that someone else may have an increased effect. So maybe that's why they're using the cannabis. 
and we need, just need to be educated about all of the things that come along with sure. that in that environment. Certainly. And it's uh, it's disappointing and sad to hear when people do have feel like they have to hide it because it is legal now. They are still with the stigma of yesterday during the prohibition where they feel like, I don't, I can't tell my doctor. I can't tell my dentist. Oh, what are they going to think of me? They're going to judge me. You're not going to be judged. Uh, it's better that you are forthcoming with this information because that is better for you overall. And um, it's really great that you're educating the dental professionals to be able to ask those kinds of important questions when they're getting these patients in their office. Yeah, I think that is almost my main message. Cannabis is such a personal thing, and many people have been using it for literally thousands of years. And we all have an opinion about it, but, you know, it's important to step back from that judgment and think of it as we are able to now, a scientific-based researched plant that people are talking about. They're telling you that they're using it and you should be open to that conversation if nothing else. I just feel like coming from that healthcare background and wanting that scientific evidence-based information, um, there's so few people because it's a brand new industry right. that are educated enough to go out and share the science right. and share that knowledge and say, this is okay because here are the hard facts yeah. and help your clients continue the conversation. Right. They'll admit something to you on the medical history. Are you then able to educate them properly sure. or understand their needs? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You recently did a talk with, um, I believe they were medical students that are training to be surgeons. Mm -hmm. And you shared with me that they were not aware of cannabis. Uh, yes. Can we talk about that a little bit? Of course, so that was um, outside of my cannabis business. Um, I am a breast cancer survivor. And I am so honored to have had that opportunity. I love giving back and I love advocating about that part of my life. So in this uh, experience, I got to go to a hospital and I got to do something called patient as teacher. So I was mainly speaking about my cancer journey and giving back to those surgeons and they all admitted that they would actually uh, change the way they perform medicine just based on my experiences and how they deal, deal with their patients. So after this great talk and uh, getting so much good feedback about that, I said, now on a separate note, just for my own personal um, knowledge, 10 of you, 10 third-year medical students sitting here, have any of you heard of or been formally educated about the endocannabinoid system? And maybe some of them had heard of the endocannabinoid system. It wasn't a complete blank stare, but they honestly said no, Stacey. Wow. None of us have been formally educated in our three years of medical wow. school about the endocannabinoid system. It's it's just it's so puzzling to me to hear this. And when you first told me about this, you shared this a little while ago with me. And it just blows my mind to think that these. Take our, our bodies in their hands and heal us. And they, they don't know about healing with cannabis. They're not taught that yet. It is not in the curriculum as of yet. Now, we've only been legal for a year. It's 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 safe to say that it's still new and that perhaps it's not something that is going to be vested into the education right now, but we would hope in the future if you do these talks again that they would be saying to you, "Yes, we've heard mm. of this system and and how cannabis can help." You mentioned that you were a breast cancer survivor. Let's talk mm -hmm. about that a little bit. Were you able to heal yourself or use the therapeutic benefits of cannabis during your treatments? Um, short answer is kind of. Um, I 
had a history of using cannabis recreationally, socially in the past for a while. Um, and honestly, never thought about it as having a medical benefit until I was going through chemotherapy and someone randomly asked, have you thought about using cannabis in line with your treatment? Um, and I said, oh, no, how would I go about doing that legally? And uh, my oncologist was very evidence-based research, research shows, blah, blah, blah. Um, she said, you know, it's not contraindicated. You may try it, but uh, I can't say for sure that it will help with any of your symptoms. I'm prescribing these medications to help with your treatment and what you do outside of that, whether it's seeing a naturopath or trying your own remedies. Uh, she would appreciate me letting her know about it. Of course. And so I was honest and upfront and would always go in and ask any new developments in cannabis. This was a few years back so sure. before legalization. Uh, almost being afraid to combine the two because there wasn't the research right. to say this is safe for sure. Um, so I asked her about it and then I asked my naturopath about it who said, I'm not able to give you the research either. However, there is a medical clinic just down the road here in our small town of Peterborough that um, puts on information nights about the medical cannabis world. Wonderful. So I said, great, great, yeah, sign me up for that. Went, um, they no longer do the information nights because no one's been interested in oh. this. And again, this is three years ago. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So I said, okay, well, I guess I will educate myself. Sure. I will figure it out for myself. May I please have a prescription? I sat down in front of a doctor and I said, yes, I'm going through chemotherapy and I would like to try cannabis on my own. Um, but it was a very slow start. So again, just trying to get the education first so I could understand how is it reacting with my body? Um, what are the actual scientific benefits of cannabis? Maybe not getting that far into it yet, but wanting to just have an understanding. Sure. At that point in your life, you're so out of control of what's happening with your body and your health and your medicine. I think that gave me a little bit of control. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And you could feel like you were uh, using your own methods to heal yourself, if that's something that you wanted to do at that time. So was that really what sparked your interest, that it was you're finding the therapeutic benefits, you're finding the healing benefits of it, and you thought, I feel like maybe I want to share this with others? You got it. Wow. Sure. How amazing is that? So good. So you were able to take courses through Durham College yes. about cannabis. Uh, what was the actual course that you took there? Yeah, so it's called um, Cannabis Industry Specialization. And what drew me to it was literally an ad in the paper saying medical fundamentals, yep. cannabis course. It actually was called Fundamentals of Medical Marijuana. Oh. Because I took it before legalization. Before they decided to rename everything cannabis. Well, it was actually <laughs> amazing. That first course I went to in person and I went with my best friend and... Um, I met so many different people. I didn't know who I was going to meet in yep. that class, but we were all the same. We were curious. Yeah. Some of us were medical patients. A lot of us wanted to start a business, but we just didn't see that end goal yep. of what we could get out of this course. Yep. And yeah, that one was really good. And you were able to network with people there and totally. you met people and you actually um, have... Uh, I guess you have a group, a cannabis group that you meet up with of the students that were in that course. It's funny, we do run into each other a lot, and it's nice to see how far they've come from that yeah. first course. Um, yeah, we went, we sat in the class together, and they introduced me to things like a, a podcast, right. where we would continue to learn about cannabis together. One of the girls in the back seat said, I can't believe this course is called medical marijuana. Did you know that's a derogatory term derived from blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she educated us in the classroom 
because it's so new right. and we're all bringing our knowledge, we were all enlightened, literally. Have they since changed the name then? They've since yes. changed oh, it yes. from marijuana to oh, cannabis. That's it amazing. Changed, probably after that yeah, class. They probably. Um, and so you help them actually with their course now. You're able correct. to, what yes. is it that you do? You um, revise it or course, view it? Course content review. So I kind of went in there with, here's my goal yeah. of being a dental cannabis educator. Which courses do I need? And the manager, Stephen Tanner, is a lovely person. And he said, try um, try adult use. It's a fun course about recreational use. Try law and ethics. Yep. You'll learn something there. And then if you start your business, you, you go, go on with this dream. Um, and people start asking you questions. Maybe you'll want to come back and learn more about importing and exporting cannabis. And once we develop our business operations courses, maybe you'll you'll want to learn something from that. Right. I thought that's great. Yeah, don't have to spend the money up front the way it's designed. Right. Anyways, later he came back and said, you know, we could actually use someone who's done a few of the courses to look through the course content before we put it out to other students Wonderful. and just get your opinion on things. And I was then able to do a bit of work for them yeah. in exchange for learning about the business of cannabis. That's so cool. What a wonderful experience that must have been. Mm -hmm. So you consume. Mm -hmm. um, which is your favorite method of consumption? I consume, um, my favorite, I would say, is edibles um, because I have a little bit of control over what goes into them. But I'm grateful for the legal market and able to uh, read labels, learn about what's in them and know that they're safe and tested. So then using whether I buy flour I, to use the, to make the edibles or I will um, inhale. I also just bought a, a vaporizer that I'm just kind of figuring out. Yeah. And, um, yeah, learning about the different onset times. I appreciate using both in conjunction for right. medical reasons as well getting both benefits, um, kind of an instant onset with the vaporization and then the longer lasting with the edibles. That's wonderful. Do you have a specific strain that you like? Still experimenting. Still experimenting? I'm open to trying new things. You like high CBD strains. I like a balanced one-to-one. -one. Yeah, one yeah. One-to-one for you sure. You were the first person to show me, I think it was Shark Shock. Yeah. Was that what it was called? Which yeah. was a high CBD. And when I smoked that with you, I felt a uh, clarity right away, mm, which is right. different than the non-CBD I remember cannabis. you saying that, yeah. and it was actually interesting because I never thought of it that yeah. way, right? I went um, just wanting to start low, go slow, yep. spoke to a, a bud tender about uh, something with CBD, um, and then learned that, yes, that one has a higher CBD. It still has THC yep. in order to enact your endocannabinoid system and get things rolling, but after that night, when we had such a great time together yep. and with the other girls hearing you say like this is giving me clarity makes sense because yeah. of the high cbd right. and you're you're noticing how they interact yeah. together it's really and and up until that point i had been so intent on i need high thc strains i need this and um i had never really thought about smoking something when everybody else is smoking their high thc and smoking a cbd flower because i don't really want to be out of my head in the psychoactive thc world i'd like to have my wits about me and so that i find when i smoke cbd and that isn't for everybody but i find when i smoke cbd that gives me that sort of clarity so it's nice to be able to have that whenever everybody's smoking the high thc stuff yeah. my husband is a big um sativa guy who just 
just wants high C- high THC sativa. And for that, I'm just like, give me my CBD any day, mm. right? He wants to feel uplifted and energized. Yeah, I'm a big proponent for bring your own bud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and put, make a salad. Yep. Put a little bit of CBD. Put a little bit of that high THC flower in there. Mix it together and you'll be able to control the experience. Absolutely, yeah. And isn't that nice when we're able to do that? And knowing more and uh, working in the medical profession and learning and educating yourself, you're able to find that. And you're able to explain to people, okay, maybe that sativa is not for you. Maybe that indica is better, or maybe you would find a better balance. Yeah, I'm not educated in terms of um, like diagnosing or saying, uh, you know, I'm not a bud tender. You know, I'm still learning about individual experiences, but I can speak from a medical background. I can speak from the science that I've read and the research and the courses I've taken and the podcasts I listen to and have absolutely enjoyed learning about the way it literally reacts with your body and how the science says it works. And then relaying that to people, sharing that knowledge for sure. And also learning from them, which I think is key. You've had your own experience, that personal cannabis use. How was it for you? And how can we share that experience? Certainly. And everybody's different. Our bodies are, every individual body is different. So what's affecting you differently would be affecting me differently. It's wonderful that we're able to speak to that and educate people on that because some people love those different strains that they're having, but other people will be like, oh, that makes me paranoid. Mm-hmm. And so now you can be able to speak to that with people and say, well, this is why. This is how it's entering your body. And maybe your nervous system is not set up for this type of strain. Let's try something else. Exactly. Wonderful. What's next for you, Stacy? Well, I actually have a little something in the works in terms of the course review. I'm moving on to a healthcare education um, background course, which is just in the works. So I'm going to be reviewing some upcoming course content. Um, I've got my business up and running now. So canadent.ca on Instagram is flowing. And I've got a little bit of information about the presentations I've done and upcoming presentations. I was lucky enough to get a grant from Health Canada to do education about both cannabis and vaping, which is such a hot topic. So I'm researching vaping, I'm researching cannabis, I'm researching edibles with the upcoming uh, legalization 2.0 next week. week. I'm gonna be educating students in the dental hygiene program about um, nutrition in general and how cannabis plays a role. Wonderful. Well, we really appreciate you coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much, Stacey. It was my pleasure. I love you and I love Kelly's Green Lounge. Out of all of the corporate cannabis foundations, Lyft is my favorite. It really is. I I really love them. And as much as the other side of the cannabis space, people are have their words about corporate cannabis. I I definitely think there's a need for it. It's pushing through all of the new products. Uh, We're learning a lot. There's uh, money that's being put into trying different things and uh, learning about different things. And I like that. And I really like what Lyft is doing. I love their cancel uh, courses. I've done them both. And and I very much enjoy them. And I love that they keep welcoming me uh, in the media rooms at their different functions and expos, workshops. Uh, not workshops, but expos and conferences. And I was there recently at the Canadian Cannabis Award. And I met Michael from a retail podcast and he was a cool guy. He sat down and he interviewed a lot of people and he had a little snazzy fancy sign for his podcast. And I was like, oh, that's kind of professional. So it gave me an idea of things that I can do. And this is our interview.
Your name is Michael LeBlanc. Correct. Is that right? Did they say it the right way? Okay. Perfect. And um, you are with me at a fancy awards ceremony. And the fancy awards ceremony is called the Canadian Cannabis Awards. Yeah, and it's Lift, for, Lift and Co's Awards. Yeah. It's, it's sweet. It's great. Uh, great place. To and you have a podcast. Yeah. And your podcast is called? The Voice of Retail. So I found you because we're sitting at the same round table in the media lounge. Yeah. And um, you have a really fancy sign to tell people that you have a podcast. <laughs> and I think that that's really cool. And you have the same microphone as me, but you have a windsock on it, which I appreciate. Yeah. So you're like set here. I'm set and I'm in ready to go and talk to interesting people like you. Yeah, you're like, oh, thank you for saying yeah. that. Um, you're like, but this set setup here is like a fancy setup. So that must mean that that leads me to mm. believe for my detective skills yes, yes. that perhaps you've done this a few times before. I'm coming up on my 100th episode. <laughs> uh, Very good. So I, I issue an episode each and every Friday, 52 weeks of wow, the year. Wow, that's and then, amazing. And then I do special episodes. Uh, and there's probably be a special episode between now and the end of uh, the year, actually. And special episodes are kind of dedicated to very specific topics. Yeah. Um, so I've done special episodes. I might do one covering here. If I get lots of great interviews, I'll do a special episode. Cool. Uh, or more practically, I just did one this week on third-party logistics, because I hosted a panel and recorded that and then talked to the CEO of a company who runs a, a third-party logistics company, and, and enough content to make a special edition. Otherwise, I interview two people uh, somewhere in the retail industry, and then I go through the, uh, the news of the week. Okay, and it's not just cannabis. Correct. But you are here today at a cannabis award ceremony yeah. because you have some affiliation to cannabis. Yeah, so, Tell me about that. Yeah, so as a retail podcast, uh, cannabis retail, recreational cannabis retail is uh, important to the retail environment, retail industry. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, maybe of the 100, maybe 15 uh, or 20 have been on, that's probably a bit high, uh, so to speak. Uh, not to get into the weeds about this. I can do that all night long. We can, we can do this together all night long. Oh, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, when I, I, I don't focus on the LP side, I don't focus on anything else than the retail, and sometimes the regulatory stuff sure. around retail, so okay. I talk to the people who are trying to figure out the regulations around retail. But again, in my lane, it's all about retail, and so I'm here tonight, I just interviewed uh, Darren from Spearleaf up for Entrepreneur, I interviewed uh, Mona, his uh, bud tender that's up for, and I was asking her, tell me what makes a great bud tender, and, yep. and you know, front of the line employees are always important in retail, sure, certainly. but even more so in in cannabis retail when so you have really, to have that compassionate care as well well you've got you got all these kind of you know parameters around what sure. you can and cannot talk yeah. about you've got people walking in don't have a clue you've got other That's people true. walking in that are just super veterans yeah and so it's really i think an interesting place uh, it's definitely a new yeah. space so yeah. when you're looking at uh, from a retail perspective mm -hmm. it's not something that was has been around for five or ten years unless you're in california or That's british right. columbia or something right. so That's certainly right. in ontario it would be something that would be new in your retail space so mm -hmm. is that why um, you've been doing this for the last year, so it's because it's been a year of legalization? Yeah, it's a bit, that's actually more of a coincidence. I started this actually uh, sitting around talking to some executives and they said, you know, we don't, we can't really find a great podcast that focuses on retail in Canada. So it's a great retail podcast. Right. I listen to many of them, but there's nothing here for us exactly. The two really just coincided coincidentally more yep. than purposeful. Yeah. Um, but I wanted, as we do it at, and uh, I do work, it's a joint venture. Uh, with Retail Council of Canada and Retail Council of Canada, you know, welcomes uh, cannabis retailers Wonderful. into the fold as part of the industry. And we we actually um, we have a big awards as well called the oh, cool. Excellence of Retail Awards. And yeah. in fact, Cannabis New Brunswick was the winner of our big award. Like there's they were up yeah. against like the biggest of the big retailers really? for uh, education and training. 
Well, they've got, they really know what they're doing out mm-hmm. there in New Brunswick with cannabis. They're, yeah. they're really ahead of the game. They're really more open-minded than a lot of the other provinces, which and, and, and it's so nice to hear that. Yeah, yeah, and, and props to Laura Wood, who's, who runs GM of Cannabis New Brunswick. She's been on the podcast before. She's fantastic oh, cool. and, and is really leading that renaissance of, of professionalism. In the yeah. I love that the fact that you are so open to cannabis. I love yeah. the fact that you're saying that retail space, um, that your council, remind yeah. me of the name again? Retail Council of Canada. And they're yeah. saying that you're, oh, we welcome cannabis. Yeah. This is something that we wouldn't have seen a few years ago. This is something yeah, that's, that's new to cannabis. It's yeah. new to retail. Um, are you finding there's any been difficulty with it or has it just been only positive stuff happening? No, I mean, if you're thinking or referring to of any kind of stigmatization, I would say no. Um, I think many retailers are either in or out of it and just trying to understand it. When I report on it, so to speak, on the podcast, yeah. what I often tell people is there's lessons to be learned from all, you know, cross-pollination around yeah. skills, right? And for cannabis retailers, I often take retailers on retail tours uh, okay. who come to the city or I do them in Manhattan and, and I take them to cannabis places in Manhattan like, a, you know, MedMan, which is still medical. But I said there's lessons to be learned because think about how hard it is to market the product in the store, yet they're doing it. Yep. Yet they're laying out a store, they're being innovative. So uh, retailers love looking at other retailers in terms of innovation, and so we always highlight the innovation that's happening in the retail cannabis sector. So you're taking retailers on a tour of, like cannabis retailers on a tour of other retailers, or just any retailers? Any retailers. Just sort of like a show and tell sort of thing. This is what this guy's doing, let's explore over here. And are you finding that people are open to letting cannabis retailers be in that club and switching places and stuff? Yeah, for sure. I mean, wow. I, I, I had a, uh, I did a tour from some Australian retailers that were over. And, you know, for many countries, uh, I was in Ireland last week, you start yep. talking about cannabis retail and it just kind of blows their mind a little bit. Okay. Like, wait a minute, are you telling me you can let it, it's legal? Like, yeah. we think, we know it because we live here. But right. if you go to Europe, and you go around the world, it really still hasn't sunk in. Because it would feel like how it did five years ago to us. Right. Right. So they're like, wait, what? We can go to the, one of these stores. Is it okay to go to one of those stores? I'm like, <laughs> all legal, all good. Yeah. And it's funny because when we talk about it, they're like, are you okay, okay to talk about this? I'm like, yeah, it's like talking about we're having a glass of yep. beer together. Yeah. In, you know, not quite there. Right. Exactly, but much similarly, right? Good. So that, that kind of blows their minds a bit. And then it kind of opens um, them to the opportunity, no matter what format they're in, to say, okay, what lessons can I learn from how, you know, listening to Mona from, uh, you know, Mo, listening to Mona about the, being a bud tender, she's yep. very skilled at, at talking to people yep. and understanding what they're looking for. And, and so we can all learn from that. Yeah, we certainly can. And the more that we talk about it and the more that mm-hmm. we are having conversations, like you're saying, you're going to coffee shops or retail places or whatever, and just saying yeah. that. I speak, no matter, I speak on it around the world. Actually. And that's what I mean. If you're sure. not just in Canada here, but if you're traveling to different destinations and you're being so open and vocal about it, then yeah. that re- it removes the stigma in those places too. And yeah. hopefully puts us on the track to having a worldwide legalization. Well, I think so. I mean, it's, it's always interesting. The fun picture I put up when I do these presentations in oh. Europe or wherever is I put up the picture uh, that's in the airport of the sign that says, you know, don't travel with cannabis, leave it here. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, there's bins of cannabis. Sometimes I exaggerate <laughs> here a little bit. But there's bins of cannabis. Yeah. And that just blows their mind. Yeah. And I said, listen, this is just reality now. Uh, and uh, someday soon, you know, it's a good thing. right? And they're like, what? How's it gone? I'm like, it's gone great. Yeah. I mean, the industry has grown and, and it's been growing pains and it's been exciting and it's been whatever. Yeah. But it's been fine. Right. No, you know, there's been no societal schism created. It's cool. just, you know, listen, it is it's what it is. It's good that you're and, saying it like that. And now it is uh, retail camps, part of the retail community. Yep. And we, we uh, retail camps, and I welcome them to the community and we work with them uh, as 
as, as when we news. had our grand opening a few weeks ago, mm. we had the mayor, we had this mm. constituents and all of the municipality that was there. And then I had people from the cannabis community cutting the uh, ribbon together. And it was so nice to be mm. welcomed in, I'm in a very rural community. It's so mm. nice to be welcomed by all the retailers in there. So it's nice that you're able to see that and put a picture to it. Yeah. Do you think that there's any, uh, you must find something that, well, I know what there are complaints about from other places. Mm. I, I don't want to say what those are, but like to do with the dispensaries and the lottery systems and such. Yeah. Are you finding any of that from your retailers? Are you finding any complaints well, that you, you don't have to say who it's from, but yeah, yeah. Well, what are they saying out there, these big guys? I mean, big or small, they're all saying there should be more stores in provinces like Ontario and BC. We've got to work that through. Right. Uh, it's clearly not working in provinces like Ontario. We have, what, 20, 25 stores. Yeah. Uh, clearly, the lottery process is not working. Uh, there clearly needs to get back to their core um, commitment to having an open marketplace. And I think they're moving towards that. They talked about that in the provincial budget this week. Uh, in, in you know enhancing more delivery and they said we're going to get back to that so we can't as an industry wait because yeah. we think it's being underserved and and there's a an effort for critical mass so if you compare some of the provinces uh bc's to the ontario to alberta, yeah, alberta. You, can, you can start to see uh where the, it is possible and that's where the you know we applauded the ontario government when they said you know we're going to allow private individuals to open retail stores right yes so that was a big change big that was change. a great change with yes. the Ford government that came in we applauded that we said that's great we love uh, entrepreneurship and, and we support that how it was executed was a bit choppy but you know we we step back and we have a long time horizon when we think of it, it doesn't feel great when you've got money in the stake and you're sure. an entrepreneur but sure. we, we do know that there are many files we do think they're going to get there because that's the policy they've articulated and you and feel that way Ontario. like you because you're yeah. a lobbyist and this is what you do so you're yeah. you would know this from the big guys that talk about yeah. these kinds of things do you feel like we are we will eventually get there is there a light at the end of the tunnel yeah oh 100 percent. i'm I mean, talking ontario here yeah, i'm talking yeah. about our world that yeah. we live in yeah 100 percent. i mean you can even see it in some of the municipalities you know 70 some municipalities opted out but you know, I, I'm. You look at a municipality like Ontario, or sorry, um, Mississauga, who basically opted out because not because they had any moral uh, qualms with it, but they just said, "We're not really sure how this is going to work yet. You sure. haven't been that articulate about sure. how it's going to work, and we don't know what we're getting into." Now, a year in, a, you know, eighteen months in, the municipalities are going, "Okay, now I know the ground rules a little better." Um, so I think that's where the expansion is going to happen. I don't think it's going to be entirely easy. And you know, when we look down south, we look at. States like California, yep. 400 municipalities have opted out of Canada. Yep. So, you know, and, you know, you there's lessons to be learned, of course, down south because they're years ahead of they us. They are certainly ahead of us. So when, when people say, you know, we're on a journey, we're going to discover, yes and no. You can look down to the states and discover some. Yeah, Denver as well. You yep. go to Colorado. Yeah. Uh, they talk about um, the black market or the legacy market. It's still yep. about 40% yep. of the market. And it's five still, years still in. strong. Still strong. Yeah, there's a place for it. it. Well, it's a different context, right? In in Colorado, it's surrounded by states that, that have illegal cannabis. It's yep. a different thing, uh, but ultimately, I think we're on a journey, uh, and it's a marathon, not a race. Right. Uh, and I think over the course of time, and that time could be you're in my generation. That could be a generation sure. of time. Yep. Because uh, it's been decades the way it is, and yeah. it's not going to change overnight. No, no, and unfortunately, there's still a lot of stigma that's been left mm -hmm. over from prohibition, and we're mm -hmm. still fighting that pathway. But I think that we're on a positive yeah, upward. Yeah I, yeah, I think so. I think I think time solves that. I think edibles and different formats right. solve that as well, that's because uh, smoking is uh, you know the government for many many years has said don't smoke, it's bad for yeah. you, uh, and now people go ahead and smoke. 
Uh, right? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> What's going on there? Um, so you know, no matter how you how yeah. you use how you use the product, um, I think ingestibles are another step forward yep. in uh, in whatever destigmatization needs to happen. And I think Excellent. time is is going to solve a lot of that over the course of time. And I'm not talking months, and I'm not even talking years. I'm, you no. know, I'm talking... Well, there's a lot of research that still needs to be yeah. done, especially Absolutely. medicinally. And we, as, as soon as those things keep happening, then we keep learning more and seeing what ways we can work with it. Yeah, well, right? listen, I mean, I, you know, I did this, some great interviews around uh, the legislation in the U.S. around CBD. You know, they yep. had the Farm Act, which kind of separated CBD. So yep. in that way, they're actually ahead of Canadian Certainly, yeah, regulators. in that so, respect. But regulators in Canada will start to turn their eye toward these things, right? So, so Health Canada will start to make statements and saying, okay, uh, how should we regulate this appropriately? And so that will happen. But give them credit to do. They didn't exist as a division uh, two years ago. Right. And yes, now there's that's a good 500, point. 500 people administering this. So right. give them their proper due. They absolutely do need their time and they need um, a point to get from point A to point. Like, uh, absolutely. That's right. We just hope we're going to get there. No, I, the more I, people I'm that it can be beneficial to yep. and can understand the therapeutic benefits. Yeah. Michael, do you consume cannabis yourself? I do. Tell me about that. What's your favorite strain, your favorite method of you know, consumption? You know, it's funny because I, I, I grew up in you know, a teenager, young university, yep. smoking, and then I stopped for many, many years. Yeah. Um, and then started when it became legal again, just gently. You know, sure. Just, you know, I like a pre-roll because I'm pretty much lazy. Just yeah. like I like presets. <laughs> gotcha. Just like I like presets yeah. on, the, on the podcast. I, you know, pre-rolls. Um, so, you know, I'm not so focused on strains because yep. I'm, I'm kind of thinking it's more the, the terpene effect and the smell okay. and, and just the experience. So, you know, days and weeks and months back into the community, kind of just figuring it all out. Yeah, so you prefer to smoke a joint. Right. That's your way to do it. Yeah. And um, you like the pre-rolls, but do you do edibles or topicals or anything like that? Uh, no, because tincture? they haven't been available legally, at least edibles. So. Of course, but they are to make yourself. So yeah, we true. can grow our own plants, we can have our own cannabis, and we can yeah. make our own topicals. I bake my own brownies at home. You know, listen, been doing kind, it for years. Kind of like the podcast. I'm a plug-and-play preset kind you of You need it so already just, ready. I just want to buy a brown. <laughs> I do not want to do any of that stuff. You don't want to grow it. You know, I'm, fund I'm fundamentally fairly lazy. Right. Um, so um, I'm waiting for, you know, right. whatever, end of the year, December. Well, it's a good whatever. thing there are retail shops then for you, Michael. Exactly. Exactly. Support <laughs> it's all been the wonderful chatting with you today. Right. Well, thanks for having Thank me on Thank you so board. much. My pleasure. The only purpose of this podcast is to entertain, educate, and to inform. It is no substitute for professional care by a doctor or other qualified medical professional. This podcast is provided on the understanding that it does not constitute medical or other professional advice or services. Instead, we encourage you to discuss your options with a healthcare provider who specializes in medical cannabis or with a cannabis lawyer. Guests who speak in this podcast express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, and Kelly's Green Lounge has not and cannot be held responsible for guests' views. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only, advertising which is incorporated into, placed in association with, or targeted towards the content of this podcast is forbidden. You may not edit, modify, or redistribute this podcast in any way.